0: No, I'm not a writer.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday El Dorado. I'm your host, Deanna Bond, and I'm here to share my perspective on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. Celebrating 150 Years in El Dorado is brought to you by Everyday El Dorado in conjunction with Golden Road Studios, the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum, the City of El Dorado, KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, and our series sponsor, Linda Baines, Realtor with Sun Group Real Estate and Appraisals. We're so very grateful for the support that makes this series possible. Welcome back to the new series here on Everyday Dorado. If you're just joining us, I'm your host Deanna Bond, and I'm joined by Suzanne Walenta, Hello. curator of the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum.
0: Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks. I'm excited for our next episode.
1: Oh, my goodness. What are we going to learn? Right? You never know. What's our, what's our theory? I don't know. Let's think about what our theory can be. What is the name of our, of our episode? All roads lead to El Dorado. El Dorado? El Dorado. El Dorado. How
0: do you say it? I say El Dorado. Are you from here? But I am from Kansas. So
1: So you've always said El Dorado. Uh I've
0: always said El Dorado.
1: Now, I'm not from here. I would have said it was El Dorado. Ah. And in fact, when I first moved here, Uh so it's been over 20 years, and I was like, what's the name of this town? I'm like, why does everybody say El Dorado? El Dorado. It's El Dorado. And then, and I was polling people uh-huh. cuz I'm a marketer and I got to do my research. And uh, one lady she tells me, "Well, in the 20s we used to say Eldorado do." Right? That's so cute. That's cute. So I'm like, "El Dorado? El Dorado? Eldorado do." Eldorado. <laughs> you can call whatever you want. Sure. We're going to call it El Dorado because that is traditionally mm-hmm. uh, what it was called. Yes. Or at least that's what's come down to us. Yes. Doesn't mean that's how it started. True. And maybe that's what we're going to find out a little bit here today. Yes. Hmm, I'm excited. So in this series, we are celebrating Eldorado by turning back the clock of time in our hunt for history. Drop us a line at Everyday Dorado, at Facebook, website, wherever. and let, let us know you want to kind of be a part of this really historic um, series. Yes. N- not it's historic because because we're talking about history we're talking about history but <laughs> it's the hundred and fiftieth yes that's pretty that's that's a big deal yeah it's a big deal it's gonna take us one hundred fifty years to cover it will <laughs> one hundred fifty years <laughs> then we got the next hundred and fifty years yes the goal is maybe we can get to the place where we document what's happening you know I've been trying to do mm-hmm. that through everyday El Dorado document kind of as we go but mm-hmm. there is so much there's a lot
0: there's we're a lot doing. of
1: great stories oh it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one person can do. So feel free to tell the story, share the stories. Contact me if you want help telling the story. I don't mind that. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, One of the things when I first started this, because, you know, I love the museum. Mm -hmm. I love coming here and researching. um, And I know how. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind getting out the microfilm. Microfilm or microfish.
0: I think there's a difference, unfortunately. I, that is not my, we have microfilm.
1: Yeah, I don't know the difference either.
0: I don't. I think once upon a time there were two different types, but sorry, I, I'm completely mm. ignorant on that subject.
1: It was a battle of the microfilm fish, maybe microfilm one.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. <laughs> but we have that here. I do. Yes. And see, I can do that, and I I like to go through old books and flip through card catalogs and research old newspapers. But um, you know, today's students in high yeah. school, college, and and uh, even researchers they're using. The internet. Yes. And if it's not on the internet, it is it going to be lost? Mm-hmm. Do we know it exists? And uh, there's a lot of our local history that is not yes. collated in a digital kind of archive. It's, mm-hmm. it's in places, but you have to know where to go find yes. it. Which is what we're doing here uh, while we verify and authenticate mm-hmm. and maybe track down, hunt the accurate history. So Eldorado was first... Incorporated as the El Dorado Town Company. Yes. February 6th, 1858, under an act by the governor and legislative assembly of Kansas Territory. Yes. Makes us pretty old. (laughs) Older than the state. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. And
0: maybe even older than 150 years.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. But because I think, you know, everything that happened prior to this... State being in Kansas Mm -hmm. was under Kansas territory, things that happened after. And I think that's a lot of where that kind Mm -hmm. of confusion or disagreement about when things were settled, uh, just because of the change of the government structure for Kansas territory to Kansas. But it still accepted a lot of, like Fort Leavenworth, Mm -hmm. it was founded as a fort, and then a town, city of the first class, and and they still recognize that as their... Mm -hmm. um, founding date at least that's what ken says
0: (laughs) well you know that's important
1: i'm gonna throw that one in every (laughs) chance i get that's what ken says because i mean he maybe isn't a primary source but it sure brings me joy yes that's really it and and you know what but i value him i do value you know his input and his contribution and it gives me food for thought Mm -hmm. you know so that's good i need that Uh, my professor today said um you don't have to agree with me. In fact, if you disagree, that's fine. We're just all here to learn. And I thought, you know, it's important that we do not disagree just to be disagreeable, but to disagree and to ask questions and hold a dialogue. Um, because if you just agree with everything, then you're just, uh-huh, hmm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. The more
0: questions you can ask, and sometimes questions lead to more questions. You may never have a concrete answer, but that's part
1: of analyzing history. Part of the discovery. It is, it is. In that's our true. hunt for history. We are going to uncover more questions, yes. maybe, than answers. You, you definitely will. And some theories. And some theories. <laughs> Quite a few theories. We don't mind sharing them here. But we will let, them, we will let you know when it's a theory versus a fact. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: El Dorado was settled and founded through the struggle to establish Kansas as a free state. And because of this, El Dorado has a rich history that has been buried and lost often to the passage of time.
1: That's true. That's true. And it's not that it's, it just disappeared. It's just no. it's not accessible or we don't know where it exists. Right. So. Maybe not
0: as prevalent. Mm-hmm. Some narratives get told more often than others. So, yeah.
1: Sure. So we're here to maybe enlighten others on some of those forgotten narratives. Yes. That's exciting, learning so much. So this ongoing series will continue to unearth those stories and revive the ghosts of Eldorado's past. As we discover those stories and uh, share them here, more questions are bound to arise. And we don't claim to have all the answers. I guess this is where we put a little disclaimer, right? Uh-huh. We don't know it all? No. I don't know it all? No. You don't know it all? But we have a curiosity to learn and ask questions and keep digging. And so that is what we are going to do as we uncover the history of El Dorado. I feel like we need some spooky music here. Maybe closer we get to October Mm -hmm. and Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure.
0: So in addition to our topic of the week, we'll also bring you a headline from the past taken from our historic newspaper.
1: Yes, yes. So let's see. This, this episode is scheduled to air on KBTL 88.1, September 16th, 2020. So we are going to take a look at the, uh, the newspaper, September 16th in 1870.
0: So as mentioned last week,
1: uh, 1870
0: was an election year, and page one contained further discussion in the form of a letter to the editor on the upcoming vote on the hedge law. Um, but I also think um, there, we were going to check out some advertisements. Oh. I think you had a favorite.
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Can I just say, I, I know that newspapers, they really, they do require advertisements, just mm-hmm. like podcasts and uh, YouTube videos and TV shows and movies just require advertising mm-hmm. dollars. Uh, so, in order to not just promote the business for the business owner but the paper but really it's for the community Uh it's just to kind of keep the economy going and one way to do that is through the news Um, and as I was looking through here and I you know this the whole front page here Uh it's like three two-thirds of it whatever is covered with advertisements so I was just kind of scrolling through and it's like what's in there that I like and and uh, and I noted and and this name has come up more than once but it says books And stationery. Mrs. MJ Long would would announce to the citizens of El Dorado and vicinity that she now has open and ready for sale a choice and complete stock of books, stationery, toys, toilet articles, etc. at her store on North Main Street. And I was like, look at that. One of the first business owners, uh-huh. and on Main Street, was this Mrs. M.J. Long. I know we haven't gotten to, to this topic yet, post office, but she was also a postmaster. In her store, it eventually becomes the bookstore at the post office.
0: That's really cool. So,
1: whether the post office is is there when she sure. gets there, or it moves there, but she becomes a postmaster for quite a while, and, oh. and uh, we'll... I think she'll be a a character that we definitely (laughs) definitely need to profile. And so, in addition to her, let's see, I also found Mrs. Eliza White. Mm -hmm. And she had an ad uh, announcing that she is operating a private boarding house in her residence on Main Street.
0: Oh.
1: I think everybody lived on Main Street. Yeah, probably so. It was a happening place. Mm -hmm. I mean, it still is. Yeah. But based on how... El Dorado is situated. Mm-hmm. Central and Main Street. Those were main arteries. Yes. And so it made sense as travelers and mm-hmm. settlers were coming through on their way to find gold or, or whatnot. Um, you know, kind of the clusters all popped up around yes. there. No, that so, makes sense. So that's pretty neat. We had yeah. two, two women, you know, announcing their businesses. That was pretty cool. Now
0: your favorite, you were saying, again, the town and the country snippets.
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Still
0: it rains. Hmm, still, still still it rains. It rains. That's not a bad, um, I could fit in a little tweet or a social media
1: post. Still it rains. Still it rains. So you gotta have the weather, like, um, you could look outdoors or you could read the paper. It's still raining. It's raining. There's nary a grasshopper. Ah. That's good. That's important. That's important too. Everything is lovely. Oh. I mean, that's just nice that's news That's very nice
0: news. It's very positive.
1: You know I like to read good news. There was heavy rain last night.
0: And it still is raining.
1: Yep, still. Still there's rain. Still, still there's, there's rain. rain. <laughs> oh, and we go down a little further and we start to see who is in town and what they're doing. Oh, there's two devils and an angel in our office. That's an interesting line. I know, right? So, so this, uh, so the, the, uh, editor of this paper is t.b. murdoch so uh, thomas benton Mm murdoch so he went by bent sometimes by his close friends um and uh so he says there's two so somebody we know he employed some reporters Uh and and he wasn't writing it completely by himself um but uh so two angels and a devil so we have to wonder if the angels are the reporters and the devil is mr (laughs) murdoch i don't know we're gonna hear some great Interesting stories about yeah, Mr. Murdoch. Yeah, little inside
0: <laughs> joke going
1: on. But you know what's also I think is really interesting about this section, and so this is already on page three mm-hmm. at the very top of the column, uh, underneath the Walnut Valley Times. It says issued every Friday in Martin's Building, southwest corner Main Street and Central Avenue. Hmm. Another clue. Yes. You know, and if you're just opening a magazine, you might. Just overlook that all together. Mm-hmm. It's right between Walnut Valley times and Friday, September 16th, 1870.
0: And that just reiterates that we've talked about previously is how many interesting clues can be found when we read through old papers. You know, Anyway, Martin, he's talking mm-hmm. about Martin, is actually mm-hmm. Henry Martin. And he was one of the early settlers who arrived in El Dorado in July of 1857. Mm-hmm. And he was falling quickly behind the first group. We will be detailing Mr. Martin and the importance
1: of this clue in a later episode. Absolutely. So you want to you wanna stick around. Come back for that. It's, that's pretty fascinating. It is actually, yes. He's it's a very a,
0: modest man, and he actually
1: did a lot. And there's not really much written on him. No, there's not. And, you know, one of the articles are... We've got these family books here at the museum, mm-hmm. and uh, families contribute to their mm-hmm. genealogy and, and to so that people can read about them. And under the Martin family, there's just not a lot there. And in fact, an article does exist, and in it the writer, I guess, suggests that, that maybe someday a later historian and biographer would look into the life of Mr. Martin because so little has written about him, and there's so much to know. So we are undertaking that. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. I you know I start studying people I just fall in love with them Mm -hmm. and I just want to know more more and more
0: yeah
1: it's exciting and we still have Martin descendants Mm -hmm. here in and around the El Dorado area so this is still a family who Mm -hmm. maybe 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 knows maybe doesn't know their their history yeah that's a good point so I'm excited to uncover that too I guess we're at that place in our show where before we move on to today's topic, we're going to take a minute to identify our sponsors. And today's episode, All Roads Lead to El Dorado and the Search for Gold, is brought to you by... Everyday El Dorado in conjunction with Golden Road Studios, the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum, the City of El Dorado, KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, and our series sponsor... Linda Baines, realtor with Sun Group Real Estate and Appraisals. We're so very grateful for the support that makes this series possible. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this or any upcoming episodes, you can reach out to us at Everyday Dorado, and we would love to get you plugged in.
0: So last week, we shared the story of the first fourth in Butler County, which was said to have taken place in 1847. And we learned that the story was inaccurate. If you didn't tune in last week, or you'd like to listen and share with friends and family, you can find that episode on the Everyday El Dorado podcast. So this week, we'd like to move forward in time 10 years to July 4th, 1857.
1: Mmm, July 4th, 1857. In the Kansas news out of Emporia and Kansas, that's K-A-N-Z-A-S, because that is how Kansas was spelled, um, for a while. Mm-hmm. It was spelled both ways. Eventually the K-A-N-S-A-S took over that. I'm sure there's a lot more history behind that that someone yes. else could tell us. Yes. Maybe Ken. Maybe, maybe
0: yeah.
1: He's getting so much air time. He does.
0: Yes, he's not even here yet.
1: <laughs> but it, it was spelled K-A-N-Z-A-S and in the July 4th, 1857 issue, the following article appears. It's titled A New Settlement our readers will remember that a large number of the young men of Lawrence were imprisoned last fall and winter. After their release, a number of them under the direction of Captain Cracklin determined as soon as possible to form a colony and establish a town on the Big Bend of the Arkansas. There are about 25 in the company and each member contributes a hundred dollars to the general fund for improvements etc. About six weeks since, 17 of the company started with Captain Cracklin on their way to the new El Dorado. Hmm. We see it referenced before they get there. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. We'll come back to that, surely. They reached the Big Bend and made a tour in that locality. They found the country unfit for farming purposes. Hmm being sandy and having but little timber. It's interesting. They returned about 100 miles on the Santa Fe Trail, so they went back Uh the way they came from Leavenworth for about 100 miles, and then struck off in a southeasterly course about 45 miles, when they found a most beautiful country entirely unoccupied. It is well wooded, watered, and has an abundance of stone for building purposes. They laid out a town on the Arkansas and California trail where it crosses the Walnut River, which is a clear flowing stream. The country is well supplied with springs, one of which is quite a natural curiosity. It issues from a cave four or five feet high and seven feet wide, perfectly arched with stone. Mr. Cracklin informs us that there are no settlements in this section and speaks in highly eulogistic terms of its advantages. He is a man of good judgment and we have faith in his representations. The town is named El Dorado, one word, (laughs) and is situated about 75 miles south by west of Emporia. It is the intention of the company to stake out a road through this place, this being the most direct route to Lawrence and the river Hmm. we trust that the boys will succeed beyond their utmost hopes for we know they deserve to do so the members of it have all been those whose lives in Kansas were one of devotion to her cause and it is fitting they should reap rich harvests from the material wealth which a bountiful creator has scattered broadcast over the land goodness goodness is right. That's quite the story. It It, it is beautiful. Description, I should say. It is. But they just really waxed poetically. They did. No, they did. They needed to get readers. They did. Yes. Yeah. And that was one way to do it. Yeah. And you want to capture captures people's attention mm-hmm. so that you come west mm-hmm. and settle in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is interesting to me. The first time I ever read this article, and there's a couple of different, we'll, we'll read another mm-hmm. one, um, of, of this account, because when one newspaper would publish a story, mm-hmm. then other papers would pick it up and, and publish mm-hmm. the same story. Um, but the fact that it, it talks about the route they took yeah. to get here, I always assume they came from Lawrence or mm-hmm. Leavenworth, and then kind of came down through Emporia and came down here. And we have the trail that mm-hmm. we spoke of, yeah. um, and that was used later, but that's not the way they came, which, you know, it brings up a whole host of questions as far as where the town was situated mm-hmm. and why it was situated. They went across the Santa Fe to where Great Bend is now, mm-hmm. the Great Bend in the yeah. Arkansas, and then didn't like what they saw. Nope. Just imagine if they had. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We might have been there. Yep. A different story. El Dorado may not exist. Yeah. I doubt that. Yeah. I mean it's a very. it there's a lot of advantages. Well watered, yes, wooded. Somebody would have eventually settled in something. For sure. Yeah. So the fact that they go back up and then strike down, you know, lets us know kind of how they came in.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And 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 found what became El Dorado. But it looks like they were already looking for a new El Dorado yes. to begin with. Yes. Hmm. Not, not uncommon, you know, when, when we read uh, newspaper articles at the time. There's a lot of towns being Long named towns? El yeah. Dorado. Yeah. One word. Yep, because striking gold, El mm-hmm. Dorado, El Dorado. Everybody out looking for gold. Yes. The and road al- to El Dorado, El Dorado. Wherever that ends uh-huh. up at. And, uh, now so- correct me
0: if I'm wrong, isn't the road to El Dorado connected to Coronado? And there are Spanish explorers'
1: journey to find gold, is that correct? yeah and uh, or is that two to another story no I think it's the same story mm-hmm. we know what we're going to read a story in here mm-hmm. and we're going to find out a little bit more okay but I think um, I think you are right I always get that story mixed up with uh, Vasquez mm-hmm. right and his was that for the city of eternal youth or something the fountain of youth yes that, I, think that he, I think he was I think I get them confused I think I always thought the fountain was in El Dorado El Dorado oh I mean, again, I don't know. Maybe we'll find that out. yeah will give me something. Another rabbit hole. Uh, That's just go. what I was going to say. Another ra-
0: <laughs> So just, did you know the story of El- how El was founded?
1: No. Um, or found, I mean. I'm sorry I said that wrong. No. I Like I said, I think I read, um, you know, what was in mm-hmm. Color's account was uh, that uh, that ca- there was a Captain J. Cracklin. Never mm-hmm. knew his first name. Right. And that... Um, him and a bunch of other people who we don't remember anymore. Um, came down from Leavenworth, and uh, El Dorado. We uh-huh. found it, and that's kind of it. Not not that they went somewhere else. I I didn't know anything about. I mean, this is pretty fascinating uh-huh. that they've been war prisoners. That is really interesting. That was a new new thing to uh-huh. me. I I do know what I've read in my books, but uh-huh. like I said, it just glosses over it and and. Um, didn't really give me a full picture. So now having this information, it kind of helps me see things in a new light.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Makes me ask more questions about um, those men in uh-huh. that group. So if there was 25, but 17 of them came. Right. I want to know who they were, uh-huh. uh, knowing that they were imprisoned um, by the pro-slavery forces. Uh-huh. So these men were free staters. They were volunteer militia. Um, they were fighting so that Kansas would come into the Union mm-hmm. as a free state. Um, specifically, the, the the reason why they were imprisoned was um, because of the battle at Hickory Point. I think it was around the 12th or the 14th of September, 1856. And so this was, you know, just prior to them coming to El Dorado, about nine months. And uh, there was two days of fighting. Um, Uh, pro-slavery side free Mm -hmm. free uh, free staters they killed some people obviously that's what happens Mm -hmm. in war so the the um, the pro-slavery military uh, captured them and imprisoned them and they were charged and found guilty and they were held um, for several months and um, found guilty for the murder in the first degree so let's see what was their official sentence there murder in the first degree, but you could read that in the sovereign squatter of 1856. So that was September. So that Uh kind of sets the stage. We had the battle for the the free state. So these men were volunteers. They they believed in in fighting for, for the free state cause. And I just think that's interesting to know about our founders, like why they came looking to create a colony after they got released from jail, and they're like, we are going to go find us a city. Not only are we going to find us a city, we're going to make a city. We're going to enlarge the voting district. I mean, this is more of the story. I'm getting ahead of myself, but mm-hmm. I'm going to share it. We're going to enlarge that voting district, and we are going to send representatives to vote in Kansas as a free state. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, kind of my, the rebel in me kind of is kind of excited to know this about our founders.
0: Oh, absolutely. No? And like you said, who knew if they had ended up stayed in Great Bend? And not decided to stay because of unfit farming. Yeah. Totally different world would have existed. Exactly. Different group
1: of people, different beginnings. Because that, that energy is what kind of mm-hmm. started. I, I just, so much, the more I dig and learn and look, yes, more questions, but just so much. There's so much that keeps opening up. Yes. And now, instead of just a bunch of nameless, faceless people that have been lost to time, I now have 25, but definitely 17, mm-hmm. in that first group with Captain Cracklin yes. who came here. Yeah. I wanna know more about them. Yeah, the founding group. Mm-hmm. So this this article I found in the uh, Lawrence Republican. it was June 25th, 1857. Um, I think we both kind of came across this, remember? Yeah. Um, But it's, it's correspondence to the Republicans. So somebody, so this was, whenever it said correspondence, it meant somebody had written in like a letter to the Uh editor. And this was very popular back then. A lot of people, especially frontiers, Uh settlers, immigrants, were keeping journals Uh and diaries and writing letters back to newspapers back home in various places because they didn't have soap operas.
0: Yeah.
1: They didn't have Facebook. Nope. They had the newspaper. So that's where they got their stories. So so they had written this letter back to kind of it's like, hey folks, this is what we've been up to. And this was June. June of eighteen fifty seven. So long time before eighteen seventy one. Yes. But that's okay. So correspondence to the Republican, a trip to the Great Bend of the Arkansas River. So that matches up. Mm-hmm. They were going to the Great Bend. Immense herd of buffalo. A remarkable spring and natural Aqueduct, etc., etc. I guess etc. cetera is really popular to use in the paper back then. <laughs> we don't use that much now. Yes. But, etc. We got lots to say. Keep yes. reading. <laughs> is basically. That it? So it says, editors of the Lawrence Republican. Some four or five weeks ago, I left this place with a company of 15 persons for the purpose of making a settlement at or near the Great Bend of the Arkansas River, some 250 miles west having received, as I suppose, reliable information respecting that section of the territory sufficient to warrant such a movement. So right there, that's a long first sentence. Mm -hmm. It tells us a lot. It does. The writer was in this group, and there were at least 15 other people with him. Yes. I'm thinking he's probably right. Yes. He would know. Yes. And because I know who wrote the article, because when we get to the end of it, we know a little bit more. So we'll all keep reading. I don't want to give the end away just yet. I don't want to spoil it. We started well pro- provided with everything we deemed necessary. Four months' provisions, seven yoke of cattle, two cows, and three wagons, two large breaking plows with revolving cutters, rakes, hoes, spades, shovels, harrow, etc. In fine spirits and with high anticipation, we left this great metropolis for the Santa Fe Road via Bloomington. So they were leaving lawrence Uh and headed down to the santa fe road they were going to get there via bloomington because you got to got to come down first before you get on it because they were headed to the great bend Uh so that kind of matches up with what we read nothing occurred worthy of note until we arrived at elm creek eight miles beyond council grove where during a stormy night we lost all our stock which detained us three days we finally succeeded in finding all but one yoke of steers. Oh, that would suck. Yes. They're like, we're ready to go. We're going to find new frontiers. Mm-hmm. And the storm took them off. Yeah. Got scared and ran away. Ugh. They didn't even get very far. I'd be, I'd be like, I'm going home. Yes. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm so thankful for our findings founding fathers. Because <laughs> I, I, this is why I was born in this time. Yes. I need to get in my car and make a little road trip with All my air do. conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop at the quick trip for a snack.
0: Mm-hmm. No wagon trains.
1: Oh, man. We'd about given them up and concluded to drive on when I happened to meet a settler on his way to the grove with one of them. Mm. I informed him that the ox belonged to me and he asked him and asked him how he came by it. He said he found it about seven miles from there, hobbled in the brush, on a small creek, and supposing the Kaw Indians had done it, he thought it might belong to some of the settlers, and as he had business at the grove, he would drive it down and see if he could not find the owner for it. Oh, that was nice. Uh-huh. That was neighborly. It was nice.
0: Yeah,
1: somebody owns this. If not, it's mine. Yes. I mean, I don't think that was uncommon. No, I don't think so either. We didn't. Kansas wasn't fenced, uh-huh. as we know with the hedge law still in right. process. So it's was a couple years later, I guess, uh, or earlier. But so it wasn't fenced, and the cat, cows and buffaloes and everybody mm-hmm. just roamed free. And if one got free, you know, if you found it, finders keepers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like squatting. Hey, I'm here, it's mine. Mm-hmm. Ah, I would not have done well <laughs> on the front frontier. Uh, we then claimed the ox and paid him $5 for his trouble. Well, that was mighty nice of him. That is nice. Some of our men went to the same creek to try and find the other, but found nothing but the hide, head, and horns, the cause, having made beef of him. Poor that nice settler. Ate one. Uh-huh. Kept the other for later. Yep. I mean, you don't know. We're blaming the caw, yep. Indians. Yeah, But maybe exactly. they didn't. Maybe they didn't get a bad rap. Yeah, most likely. But maybe they did. we got to keep our theory open here. I want to, like, they either did or didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm leaving that one open. About twenty miles beyond the cottonwood, we encountered immense herds of buffalo. That'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. We passed through one continuous herd of buffalo for forty miles. Jeez. The plains being perfectly black with them. That'd be amazing to see. Wow.
0: That'd be amazing.
1: I mean, I've only seen handfuls of buffalo at a mm-hmm. time, and in, in Oklahoma we have the wooly rock. Mm-hmm and uh you know buffalo there we got some around here Uh but again it's like 40 miles that's amazing wow i'm like gobsmacked just (laughs) thinking about that we killed several besides capturing two calves alive many of our party had never seen buffalo before and could hardly believe their own eyes. I imagine we have listeners who've never seen buffalo. Probably. And I'm like, we, don't, we eat buffalo meat, but it's yeah. farmed, you yeah, know? It's, it's not wild and roaming like, this is just kind of romantic. It is. I know they're telling the story because they, you know, also, but still, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of. They said they had often heard and read large stories about the buffalo on the plains, which seemed to them incredible. But now they were prepared to believe anything mm-hmm. they might hear for that site far exceeded anything they had ever heard of. All through this section of the country, it is almost entirely destitute of timber and good water. And as we approach the bend, the country grows poorer. Large red sand hills began to show themselves, not a very cheering prospect to a farmer. You know, this is the kind of description that is what everybody thinks of Kansas, I think. You know that stretch it just does look kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It still kind of looks like that. I mean, we have highways and houses and mm-hmm. it's still kind of like that. Mm-hmm. That's not the whole state. No. Although I think when you ask anybody who's not from Kansas, they would probably that would seem like an accurate probably. <sighs> Sorry, great bend. <laughs> We're not dogging on you. It's just his description. We continued on the on as far as Walnut Creek, 30 miles beyond the bend and found a poor, miserable country. Mr. Booth at the Indian Trading Post informed me that they had tried to raise corn and could not. With such poor prospect before us, we deemed it expedient to return and seek a more desirable location. There were at the post about 80 Rapaho Indians, several of whom visited our camp and seemed very friendly and anxious to trade. We obtained some very nice robes and moccasins for a mere trifle compared to what you would have to pay a trader. Mm, Got a good deal. Well, because a trader had to go trade the first time, make a markup. True. We returned on the Santa Fe Trail for about 100 miles and then left it, taking the southeasterly course for about 45 miles when we came into as fine a country as the sun ever shone upon well timbered and well watered with clear running streams abounding in fish and soil that can't be beat plenty of stone for fencing and building purposes consisting of lime and sandstone a good variety of timber and plenty of it consisting of black walnut hickory ash bur oak hackberry mulberry elm etc those a lot of trees
0: mm-hmm.
1: And of game, any quantity of buffalo, elk, deer, antelope, wild turkey, prairie chickens, quails, etc. I can only imagine. Yes. No wonder they came to El Dorado. I'd come too. Absolutely. We laid out a town on the west branch of Walnut River, a beautiful site, and named it El Dorado. One word. Through the center of which passes the Great Arkansas and California Road in one week but what we so here's the thing though it passes through the center and we know that Mm -hmm. central is historically the road that's passed through Mm -hmm. El Dorado it continues to pass through El Dorado it they set it out here for a reason because it was already a trail and where it crosses at the walnut right out here what we know is East Park right Yes, you know where Mm -hmm. the museum is situated now um the west branch, mm-hmm. which would be the side where the tennis courts were. Yes. That, so it would be right there, which makes sense because that's kind of the oldest section right there, mm-hmm. Maine and Central. So that section is what he's identifying here mm-hmm. and telling us. Um, in one week, 13 large trains passed through our town en route for California. So that road was already established. People yes. were coming here. It just wasn't a town. It's just what they took to get out to find gold in the new El Dorado. Mm -hmm. Pikes Peak. They were finding all the stuff. Yes. So each train was driving along from three to 700 head of loose stock. The immigration to California this spring has been very large. So this is in the paper on June 25th, 1857. Mm -hmm. He was... By the time he wrote this article in one week, so he'd been here for about a week, so that puts him here about the middle of June.
0: Uh-huh.
1: They they observed that many people already coming through right. this area. Right. That's surprising that no one else had settled here before.
0: Uh-huh. It is. You think? Well, any- no, but it's partly because it was not, it belonged to the Osage, So you couldn't have settled
1: without you being a squatter so that's that is something to touch on uh, butler county only went to north of the fifth parallel so what yes. we think of as central was the dividing line mm-hmm. between butler and was osage eventually became hunter county mm-hmm. it was a little strip um so el dorado sat right on that dividing line butler and hunter mm-hmm. but everybody kind of south of that fifth parallel it was indian country it was yes Not very safe. So they were really pushing the boundaries of of going to the far reaches to settle. Yes, they were. Boy, more questions. About a half a mile west of our town site, I found one of the largest springs ever discovered in this territory. On the north side of our town, which is a small creek, which I named Cave Spring Creek, and which is entirely fed by springs of pure, clear water. So Cave Springs. Uh-huh. Cave Springs still exists. Still got that name. He says he named it. I probably see. probably true. Huh? It's very possible. It looks like it kept the name. Because we now have Cave Spring.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The street. It's true. We got the Cave Spring. I think it's on private property now. It is, yes. It's not public. No. At this point, he was saying, hey, come check it out. Yeah. He had an advertisement for oh, it. Yeah. Come visit our town. Help us settle. Come ha- hang out at the Cave Spring. Come see this beautiful spring. While pursuing my way along up this creek, hmm, I noticed quite a large stream of water emerging from a rock passage into the creek. Noticing in the course of it, I went up the bank about one third of a mile on the prairie, saw three trees in the form of a triangle. I love that he's just given such uh-huh. description. I made towards them and on arriving, discovered a hole or a cavity in the ground about 100 feet in circumference and 12 feet deep. While standing on the edge of this hole, I could hear the sound of rushing waters below. My curiosity was sufficiently excited to induce me to descend and ascertain what was below, although attended with some difficulty, the sides being perpendicular and with the prospect of getting a cold bath, I finally, by the aid of grapevines and weeds with which the sides were lined, succeeded in reaching the bottom when I found myself at the entrance of a cave about four or five feet high and six or seven feet wide, perfectly arched over with stone as though built by the hand of an art. Mm. Hmm. Wow. 1857. wonder who built that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the Osage? Possible. About two feet from the entrance, there was a large stream of water issuing from the crevices of the rock, clear as crystal and cold as ice. I drank some of it and never tasted better water. This stream passes through a natural stone aqueduct for a third of a mile and empties into the creek. I consider it really a curiosity, and it may, at some future day, become as popular a resort in the summer season as Saratoga and other springs of note. Wow. A thousand or more good claims can be taken there today, there being no settlers there yet. And I should advise all persons wishing to get good claims... To come now, it is situated about 130 miles southwest of Lawrence in Butler and Hunter Counties. Signed, Joseph Cracklin. That's a pretty long letter.
0: That is a very long letter. I
1: would say this is the first first source, the first letter, the first Mm -hmm. anything about Eldorado written back. Yes. And then other papers pick this up and reprint it and talk about it. Yes. That's pretty so. pretty fantastic.
0: It is. It's a great primary source. Not only is it a primary source, but we hear from Cracklin himself. We've always dis- already discussed him um, coming here. Now we have his primary or his first-person account of mm-hmm. actually being here.
1: And he details it. He gives such detail. He does, yes. So, you know, it, it lends me to think, what is his what is his background? Mm-hmm. Is he a surveyor? Why, why is he making such a good report? And it's a good one. He's mm-hmm. laying out... You know, all the landmarks and stuff. Um, and we now know his name is Joseph. Yes. He's true. always been called Captain J. Cracklin.
0: Now we have another another piece.
1: Another clue. Joseph. And so Captain Joseph Cracklin. So that means he's captain for something, right? Yes. Well, and if he's with the men who were um, convicted, imprisoned mm-hmm. after the battle at Hickory Point, mm-hmm. probably a military man. Probably so. That's a good guess. Yes, <laughs> I would say so. To make. So this this brings a lot of questions, but also some, um, I guess, more clues. Absolutely. Things to go looking mm-hmm. for. Speaking of primary sources, Cracklin mentions naming the town. Yes. And I would like to talk some more about that. But first, we need to take a break. We hope you're enjoying today's episode and we'd love to hear your thoughts and any comments or questions that you may have. Please leave us a comment on the Everyday Eldorado Facebook page, and uh, perhaps we can address them in a future show. Yes, absolutely. Sounds like a good idea. Also, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving it a thumbs up or liking it and hitting the notification, sharing it with your friends and family so that uh, they can learn about the uh, the history about Eldorado, the great ghost stories we're going to uncover. Yes. I'm sure there's, there's going to be a few ghosts. Oh, absolutely. There has to be. I mean, what's a story without a ghost? Yeah, you have to have a ghost story. We're celebrating 150 years here in El Dorado. Why would you want to live anywhere else? That's correct. I mean, that's going to be my new tag. I just love it. (laughs) And now back to our show. So in this article, Cracklin uh, tells us how the group laid out the town, where it was located, and what they named it. We laid out a town on the west branch of Walnut River a beautiful site and named it El Dorado, through the center of which passes the Great Arkansas and California Road. In one week, 13 large trains passed through our town en route for California. Each train was driving along from three to 700 head of loose stock. The immigration to California this spring has been very large. There are so many clues in just this little paragraph. He lets us know that they laid out the town on the West Branch. Now, the one as we know it today has been rerouted. Yes. It was rerouted some years ago. I don't remember what Scott told us.
0: I feel like he said the 50s, but I don't Don't put me on that. I, I have know. to go back and look at
1: my... More books. questions. Yes. I think the 50s. Yes. Uh, Scott's our city engineer, yeah. Scott Rickard So we, we got to go and visit with him and look at some old mm-hmm. maps. And, um you know, he showed us kind of where the river used to be, not kind of where it was. Uh-huh. So that we could compare today's maps with early early survey maps and plat maps and to get us an idea of where the West Branch was. Because uh, the West Branch is somewhere different now, but where the river came up and then split off to Western Branch, uh-huh. or the West and the, the East Branch, is uh, right here. Yes, it is. On the museum grounds. It is. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Did you know that before we started? I did not, no. Me neither. I mean...
0: I kind of knew that it was nearby because people told me that, mm -hmm. but to the extent... No, I didn't know to the
1: extent. Yeah, I had the... My... Just the intuition that Mm -hmm. it made sense if we're going to have a historical society. They were probably going to locate it in a historic location. Mm -hmm. um, Even if it was maybe an oral tradition. Um, And so it kind of made sense to me also because of downtown, just the way that our town grew up, the center of it is Mm -hmm. about central and and main, a little bit east some. A lot of those early buildings were torn down and some rebuilt, but Mm -hmm. even the earliest accounts of the earliest buildings, we still can place them in that kind of area of Mm -hmm. town. So, so it made a lot of sense to me that when I, I think where, 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 where was that place that they said El Dorado? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really want to know that. Um, I feel pretty confident with the West, West Bank. Mm-hmm. They were on the West side of it because they came down that way. Right. So it made sense, um, that, and I'd always thought they came from the East. Mm. I always kind of thought that, which made mm-hmm. sense to me with Chelsea being further up North. Right. It made sense to me now that that second wave, when they started publicizing back home, uh-huh. hey, we've made a new town, come see it. They came down that way. Now they didn't go around out of their way. They came down, right. and they're like, "Ooh, this is a great place. Let's let's stop here." Yeah, and they you know started filling filling in, uh-huh. um, and then you know he just reiterates, center of El Dorado is divided. By what he's calling the Arkansas and California Road. And, you know, we mentioned this maybe in the previous uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they call that road, this is the road to California, this is the road to Arkansas, mm-hmm. so it takes you to the Arkansas-California Road, so they also called it the Arkansas-California. And wasn't the
0: Arkansas-California Road like a mile and a half of where we are now? Because isn't that where a person, I don't want to say his name because it's mm-hmm. personal sure, sure. property, but mm-hmm. isn't that actually... Mm-hmm. Or that's the Cherokee. I, I believe that's the Cherokee. That's the Cherokee. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because what we have going through Eldorado, we have the Cherokee. Mm-hmm. We so have the so. Osage, the the trail that mm-hmm. took the Osage to their hunting grounds. Mm-hmm. We have the um, Arkansas, California. Mm-hmm. We have several different kind of trails that meet that me here. And it makes sense. That, you know, he's talking about how beautiful mm-hmm. it is in the springs and the waters and the rivers. And, um, you know... It, it historically appears to have been traveled. And as he says, there were 13 large trains that passed through our town. He's already calling it our town. They've Been here about 10 right. days. Yeah. Our town. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is our town. We yep. claim it ours. You're just going through our town, but you know, they've been going. Yeah. People have been coming through mm-hmm. probably for some time, which would probably lead some credence to Cutler's mm-hmm. story about the, the fourth, the first fourth in eighteen forty seven, and he might have gone, Oh, it makes sense. People've been going that way for years. Oh yeah, that's true. There was a lot of traffic. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the military kind of come up through this way. Now, with
0: Cracklin in this article, um, he doesn't really give any more detail about why the name was chosen. Mm-hmm. But he does. Ta- he does. Does spell it as one
1: word. Mm-hmm. In his own his own letter to mm-hmm. the paper. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so I felt. I feel like I've always kind of thought it was probably one word to begin with, mm-hmm. and when we start looking at a lot of other documents and things, we can see that one word is what was used. El Dorado is one word spelled mm-hmm. um, in in all the early documents. Um, but what's interesting, what you point out, is that there is a story that um, that he he um, he shares mm-hmm. with. Um, with Augusta Stewart so Augusta was the daughter of Sam Stewart mm-hmm. and Sam Stewart was in that group so we know that he was also imprisoned um he was at the Battle of Hickory Point and was charged with first degree murder and mm-hmm. found guilty and, and imprisoned. they were later released which is then why they decided we're going to go start our own colony our own town and uh and she kept a diary a journal because she wanted to be published mm-hmm. it was you know a thing to to write back home and And uh, she had gotten a lot of compliments from family and friends that she was a great writer and and they thought you should You should you should keep a diary so you can send letters back So she determined to do that and that wasn't uncommon Uh when we talked about last uh, episode People were doing that so she has a journal and she's just keeping track of things She doesn't have any reason to kind of make up stories. Uh um, Just what's happening and um, she uh, documents in her book so we're going to find it it is on page 383 and 384 journal one a volume one so augusta her journal was published by family descendants uh-huh. and so there's a i think there's a three journals a four journal set four. Yeah. um and now at a later time she went back and she augusta herself added notes uh-huh. and recollections to her journal and then her family when they published it went back And wrote some in her voice Mm -hmm. but then also did research to either verify corroborate um, and used Cutler as a source Mm -hmm. and Stratford as a source which immediately pops up a lot of red flags because I'm like they did so much diligence and yet I question their sources sure absolutely but I think we could probably um, get some, at least some clues out of this, uh-huh. out of this story that uh, she shares. Why he chose the name El Dorado? She gets some good names. Uh-huh. I just, she shares a lot, which I can use as a springboard. You know, we can uh-huh. take this and then find more things. Um, she says, uh, "Our new friend was a local grocer, Erastus Howland, who had established the first store in El Dorado." So, she, she's arrived in El Dorado with her sister, and this is, um, she comes in uh, September, November. Mm-hmm. She comes later. So, her father came down in June. They stayed up in, in uh, Lawrence and waited for him to come back and say, hey, I got a place for you to stay. Mm-hmm. So, she has arrived, and their first night, uh, they came in. It was freezing cold and snowing, and uh, a neighbor um, showed up with a hot pot of food, and he... Obviously, I already knew Sam, uh, her father. So he showed up. So she's, she has now probably gone back later and said, because she said, some stranger came and brought us some food, and we are grateful for it. And then later, she, she it says, our new friend was the local grocer, Erastus Howland, who had established the first store in El Dorado. So even in the writing, we have some clues that this was added later, but it was probably added by her hand.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so when she went back and wanted to... I guess, edit her journals Mm -hmm. because she was planning to have it published. So the next day after arriving in El Dorado, the next morning we put up a second tent and were able to start keeping house. So they had one tent that they were using as a kitchen and one that they were kind of sleeping in. Uh, Later that day, Father said we would have company for supper. As a welcoming present, someone from the July arrivals. So her dad came in the June Mm -hmm. and then the July arrivals. So I'm still counting those as early founders. They just weren't in that... We, we struck gold,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the gold group. Um, so someone from the July arrivals had given us some venison, a rather small rib of deer referred to as a rack, <laughs> which I roasted. <laughs> One rib bone was badly shattered, no doubt from the bullet, but the meat was unscathed and it was lean and not as red or pink as fresh beef. I love the details she gives. It's just interesting what they found document worthy Mm -hmm. but hunting got to be able to eat at about 5 p.m. father came back with our supper guest it was almost dark our visitor was none other than captain Joseph Cracklin whom Ada and I knew from working at mrs. Gates house last winter when he was in charge of the Stubbs company Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh that's fantastic so they worked at a boarding house while her dad was their father was Mm -hmm. uh, in prison and then they continued to kind of stay there when he came down. Um, so Captain Cracklin is the captain of the famous Stubbs Company. And so we we do know that. Now that we know that, we can go research that mm-hmm. and and find out more about him. But any of the earlier stuff I'd read, never.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: D- did you know that? No, I did not know that. I did not know that either. Until I start reading and learning. And the Stubbs Company, I bet we're gonna learn more from Ken. Probably so. <laughs> when we do an episode on the Free Staters and, you know, Bleeding Kansas and, and all the things that were going on, especially with, with these men, our, our founders. So we had a fine time renewing our acquaintance and recalling events together with the Gates House. The captain had a great appetite. I swear he ate almost half my loaf of bread. I had kept it hot in our oven and had plenty of butter for it uh, from the neighbors. Both father and the captain said the venison was as good as they get in the best Chicago hotel, which was most flattering considering my stove and my kitchen in a tent. There was simply nothing between us and the elements, but a layer of canvas. We couldn't have had a better time if we'd been in the most sumptuous dining room of Chicago's finest hotel. I learned that night, you don't need a big, elegant house to be happy with old friends. True statement. During supper, Captain Cracklin, who had been with father last June, in the party that founded el dorado chooses one word uh-huh. el dorado told Anna and me that he was the one who'd given the town its name the new name he said is spanish and is a contraction of el hombre dorado the gilded man dorado means golden or gilded see i say dorado uh-huh. because i think that's how they say it <laughs> After Columbus discovered America, some of the Spanish explorers had heard about a ritual in South America that involved gold. A certain time of the year, a tribe would select a particular, particularly well-built youth, remove his clothes, except for a loincloth, and cover his body with a paste of gold dust. Thus, he became El Hombre Dorado, the gold man, the gilded man. Interesting. As part of the ritual, he would dive into a sacred pool. The Spaniards reasoned that if any people that had enough gold to sacrifice it that way, had to have plenty of it. The Spaniards did indeed find a tribe that practiced this ritual, locating the tribe in what is now Venezuela. But the rumor persisted and this ritual was also practiced in other parts of the Americas. The explorers De Soto and Coronado even sought El Hombre Dorado in what is now Mexico, and up here in southwestern part of our country. So she documents this story in a mm-hmm. journal because it's a fascinating story. It is, yes. You know, it's how we're with our town. got the Hey, mm-hmm. how did our town get the name? Let me tell you a good story. She writes it down. I don't, I don't know that she would have a reason to kind of make that up. No, I don't think she would. Captain Cracklin said that the surveying party led okay. by your father came to El Dorado last June, had gone west all the way to the big Bend in the Arkansas River looking for a town site. Finding none that suited our fancy, we turned around and headed back east. We approached this area from the west, getting here on June 6th, as the land was bathed in the glow of the late afternoon sun and was so golden, I exclaimed, El Dorado. I, I, you know, I think that's probably probably really true Mm -hmm. I think they had they went looking for an El Dorado Mm -hmm. El Dorado at the time because most people were out looking for to settle new towns Mm -hmm. find gold even if it's in had to go all the way to California they were looking for the El Dorado Mm -hmm. and so this was you know this was a story that was known um, and it made sense he didn't just pull it out thin air no and it makes sense it does so, when he said it's a contraction, I take that to mean there's three words. El hombre dorado. Mm-hmm. He took out the hombre, which is what yep. a contraction is. Usually, we put a little, you know, contraction mark. Mm-hmm. But he never used... She doesn't use it. Now, this was written, edited. But even in his article in the paper, he writes it one word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, I'm willing to accept this as probably really close to the truth, if it's I, not the yes. truth.
0: Yes. No, I would accept... She's another good example of a primary source,
1: mm-hmm. yes. So so I like that. I also like learning that he was um, a, a captain of the stubs. And uh, look, she tells a little bit more about him, gives us some more mm-hmm. detail, which is really good because uh, it's a good jumping off point to go looking for more information it on more articles in the newspaper. Uh-huh. We can see he knows to write an article to the paper. Uh-huh. So he understands that. So he probably has written other letters. Oh, absolutely. I bet yeah. we can find it. Exactly. And I know that we yeah. can. Yes. It's out there. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> we will find it. Why this is so important to me um, is because in his article that he wrote back to the paper, uh-huh. and he talks about where the town was laid out um, its relation to around the roads butler hunter all of that he doesn't say why he called it eldorado and i think that speaks more to the fact that he wouldn't need to tell the readers no that's true they would have all at that time been reading lots of articles mm-hmm. about people settling the eldorado in nebraska El mm-hmm. eldorado in arkansas El eldorado in california it was a very popular town name mm-hmm. as everybody was going out looking for that yes so so it it At first I kept thinking well why doesn't he say why he didn't need to it it really yes wasn't necessary it was inferred it was Mm -hmm. context the context of the time people knew sure that meant but fast forward 30 something years and people might not get it you know yeah different different time so while he didn't ever actually give the account in the paper about Mm -hmm. how it was named um, and we do get that from Augusta What we do see is that he answers a letter that was written to him in 1883. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in 1883, he was sent a request asking how did El Dorado get its name? So something was going on in 1883, Mm -hmm. and uh, and so you know you think about at that time in our history, uh, we had uh, a lot of factors going on. Mm -hmm. Um, 1883 is when Cutler's Yeah, comes out. Yeah, it it is. Which I I think uh, this uh, letter or his reply Mm -hmm. to the letter at least makes its way into Cutler's edition. Absolutely. Which uh, you know I find again maybe suspect a little intriguing. Mm -hmm. Why would we decide now in 1883 Mm -hmm. to get an official statement to get published in the book. Mm-hmm. So, my theory yes. was a working theory for a while until I could find proof. Because that's how it works. Right. i got to just come up with a conspiracy and work on it. Right. And uh, reading lots of newspapers, you get to read a lot, You know, there's it's not just news in the paper. There's yes. rivals and arguments and all kinds of great stuff. Um, and at this time in our history in El Dorado, we had two prominent El Dorado citizens who had been friends and uh, later developed a rivalry. Oh. And uh, at this time they were newspaper men, both uh-huh. of them, and they were waging this war kind of in the court of public opinion. Okay. They really really wanted to be like, I'm right. No, I'm right. I'm, I got the better paper. No, I got the better paper. You know, it's all about money, I think. And, and maybe pride. <laughs> Who's right? Um, so I'm talking about T.B. Murdoch uh-huh. and Alvis Sheldon. So okay. we had mentioned before, T.B. Murdoch was the, the proprietor of the Walnut Valley Times. Uh-huh. He, that was founded in 1870. Uh, and they, Alvis Sheldon was his friend. So they were friends. And uh, Murdoch sold his paper to Sheldon in 1878, I believe, because he was going to um, go maybe to Topeka He was, had been in office, Mm -hmm. I think he lost the next election, was looking to get back in, needed to be relevant and in his area. And uh, and so he sold his paper. And in so doing, Alvis Sheldon says, I want you to promise that you will not compete with me, not open a... Competing paper, so he whether he actually got a formal document that was a no complete clause or it was just his word. Uh, Sheldon took over the paper, bought it from him, and went about his business. And for about a year, he ran the Walnut Valley Times, and then <sighs> Murdoch comes back, goes against his word, and opens the El Dorado Republican. Ah. El Dorado, one word, and uh, it makes Sheldon mad because uh-huh. now he's competing with him for his advertising dollars sure. and stories uh but murdoch was clearly a newspaper man he wasn't gonna give up that easy but then the war is on and the feud begins and uh you know there's maybe we'll read one of those one of these times when they kind of call each other out Mm -hmm. and you know just not nice (laughs) Uh, but so sheldon decides to take it upon himself to write crack cracklin Uh he's the one who sends him the letter and says hey you know tell us how we how we how we got our name and we don't actually have that letter. What we have is the reply that Cracklin made. The town trying to collect the information, make sure it's accurate. Plus also he's one to say my paper's right. I think he's really trying to position himself. I know what I'm talking about. Uh Um, And you can start to see the papers. Sometimes Eldoreo spelled one word, sometimes it's two words. Uh In one paper it'll have both spellings and so it's really like we're still testing it out. It was still El Dorado, formally used at the post office mm-hmm. and in uh, official documents at the court and the cities. And so up until this point, it was just common knowledge. Uh, so so when they write him, Cracklin writes back. And uh, I think the reason he writes him is he's one of the few, few remaining members from this original party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Henry Martin had lived here, mm-hmm. but he was... He was dead at this time. Spoiler alert. We'll go back to telling more about his story, but he was no longer here. Yeah. So they really had to go find someone. So they asked him. And uh, and I think he must have maybe known that it was politically motivated. Oh. So he writes back and he says, Dear sir, <laughs> in reply to yours on the seventh instant, I would say the name El Dorado is two Spanish words and signifies the golden land. The appearance of the country upon our arrival at the Walnut suggested the name and i exclaimed el dorado and when the town site was selected the name was unanimously adopted i proposed the name and mr thomas cordis seconded it yours very truly J. cracklin
0: that's great
1: so it's much a to great. Unpack.
0: yes and a great resource
1: to have uh, it's a great resource it's, yeah we got another clue thomas cordis was in that group. now we have another yeah Another name. Yes. Another ghost.
0: Yes. And like you said, it ties back into Cutler. We know Mm -hmm. this most likely was initiated not only for the feud, but Mm -hmm. obviously Cutler had been soliciting maybe for a few years before, before Mm -hmm. it's published, Mm -hmm. to get these letters. So um, while El Dorado, one word was the accepted spelling from its inception, including the way it was spelled. In the 1858 Kansas Session Laws, Mm -hmm. where Cracklin himself was listed as a stockholder in the El Dorado, one word, town company.
1: That's fascinating. Someone forgot to tell Cracklin he was the founder of a company of the town named El Dorado, one word. But he's rewriting history, and he probably thinks, I mean, he didn't know we're going to have access to the internet and be able to look it up. Maybe he didn't realize that, you know, document was still there. Yes. It's been 30 years, right now. Time
0: is, I mean, he slept a couple days since that day, so yeah, Yeah. thanks.
1: But that that brings up a good point: El Dorado was founded, incorporated Mm -hmm. as a town, not a city, but a town in 1858 with the name El Dorado, one word. Yes, so I think we can. Safely say that that was the accurate spelling. Now, how did it change? That's another episode. There you go. <laughs> how did it officially? How did how did it become adopted into into uh, to the two words? And I uh-huh. think that's our point. This is 1883 was really that that uh, the pivot when El Dorado starts kind of adopting two words because by 1885 the um, the proclamation. Identifying El Dorado as a city of the second class, uh-huh. it's listed as two words. Ah. so just in two years, it's we changed. have mm-hmm, we've got a city business directory put out uh-huh. by Sheldon. Two words. You know, we've got a lot of I think political motivations for yes. you know, it's identifying it and promoting it and you know being consistent with it and our messaging and our branding. Great, and being Great. a part of that branding committee here in El Dorado. now, I, I understand the importance of that. So um, I'd say we solved that mystery.
0: I would think so. Perhaps, maybe.
1: Maybe we got a new one. Maybe. New questions. Maybe. Yes.
0: And if you'd like to learn more about it, further research on today's topic can be conducted by visiting the Butler County Historical Society, the home of the Kansas Oil Museum, The museum is historically located at 383 East Central in El Dorado, and we can also be found online at kansasoilmuseum.org.
1: Yes, yes. Well, we hope you will join us next time on our hunt for history here on Everyday El Dorado. Celebrating 150 years in El Dorado is brought to you by Everyday El Dorado in conjunction with Golden Road Studios, the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum, the City of El Dorado, KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, and our series sponsor, Linda Baines, Realtor with Sun Group Real Estate and Appraisals. We're so very grateful for the support that makes this series possible. All views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or positions of Butler Community College or KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, El Dorado, Kansas, radio for Butler. Did it? Don't you like my radio? Voice? Yeah, yeah, you do. That's a good my radio voice. voice. A, little, a little bit every day. What's gonna hurt? Exactly. <laughs> Famous last <laughs> words. Six hours later, back chips and. That's what happens to soda. me on TikTok. <laughs> I like go down that TikTok. <laughs> hole. That's why I cannot open TikTok. Forget about That's it. That's funny.
0: Okay.
1: So that's it for me here on Everyday El Dorado. But keep an eye out and an ear open for your source of information on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. Have a great day. No, I'm not a writer. Okay.